0: Hello Sarah. Hello Kim. Happy Friday. Yay another it, Friday. We made it. Happy Friday. It is December 4th. We were just talking about how we cannot believe that it's December but whether we believe it or not it is December <laughs> and we have another really really great guest today that I'm so excited about.
1: Yes we have uh, Kimberly Clark Lane with us and I have known Kim through Twitter. She was a Twitter mm-hmm. crush of mine. I was gonna say, I are you going to gonna use the real word to describe it? <laughs> <laughs> you
0: really know Kim through Twitter <laughs> as a Twitter crush. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I actually got to meet her last year at a AWS girls and tech Yeah. And then this year um, for my program, I needed to talk to a teacher leader that inspires me and I want to learn more about, and I picked Kim. So I'm so excited that she is here uh, on our podcast. So. Kim, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi everybody. Um,
2: I it's a pleasure of doing this. I remember like rescheduling this, and I'm glad that we were able to catch up today. I mean, um, it's so crazy. Like I was like, you know, I know you were saying earlier that like it's crazy that it's December, but <laughs> anywho, I am Kimberly Lane Clark, and so I was formerly the director of and Learning probably like up until maybe like two, three weeks ago.
1: Ooh, exciting.
2: Tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, and it's so funny because people are like, why would you live in the middle of a pandemic? But it's like a dream job. So I'm now the director of engagement um, at ClassLink. And so I'm not sure if you've heard of that company before, but we provide a single sign-on solution to resources, We also um, provide where we streamline resources um, for students, teachers, parents, and staff. And so I'm the director of engagement um, for the South, uh, part of the South region. That's exciting. Yeah, but I also do a lot of advocacy work on the side or my passion. It's about getting more women involved in um, computer science and STEM fields. So um, that's a huge passion of mine. So funny, I just recorded a video. Uh, for Hour of Code, so sad Ooh. that the Hour of Code face to face uh, STEM expo that I usually do every year is not going to happen, of course, due to COVID. So I was looking at like some Facebook memories and saw like um, the like, I guess like yesterday or there before yesterday, um, it was like one year ago. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's when everything was opened up, when outside was
0: open. Oh, it's so wild. Whenever there's a guest that Kim knows that I haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, I try to do my research before the podcast so that I can know who I'm talking to. So I've Googled a lot of people. I got to tell you, you're a super fun Google.
2: I really have anything bad on (laughs) here. No, your career
0: is so exciting and you're so (laughs) passionate and just your, your like sparkle shows through not only on your website, but on your Twitter. I found like your TED ed blog stuff. Um, You just have done so much incredible work. You were, you were a very fun person to research.
2: Thank you. That's good to know. You know, you Google yourself. (laughs) You know, it's going to pop up on there. Not that it's anything bad, but you know, you just never know. um, And you never know like who's listening and watching. I have just started a a live stream um, with a good friend of mine with eSports and it's called Where My Girl's At. And so that's like my whole platform that I use. But uh, my friend and I have started streaming live every two weeks and we were just talking about like building your platform and you know, what educators should do. So glad you just brought that up.
1: Yeah. And I just saw that. That's a Twitch stream, right? Yeah. We're streaming on Twitch. And so Twitch is new to me.
2: I just discovered Twitch this summer. I was looking at a black girls gamer Twitch and like, it's so cool. And so we, she, my friend Danielle, um, who like is a Twitch, like guru. We just started streaming on there. So. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm I'm
0: Googling Twitch right now.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, we (laughs) have
0: to (laughs) link to that.
2: I think I'm a little
0: (laughs) too old for that. So is Twitch all about esports?
2: No. Well, that's where a lot of gamers stream online. Okay. But it's not just about esports, but that's just where all the gamers stream. And so we stream because I'm a part of TechSelf, which is, um, I'm on the board. Um, it's a nonprofit for esports instead of Texas. So we stream from that account. It's kind of um, a branch of, um, because I help work with increasing diversity and inclusion within mm-hmm. the organization. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of our point was that we wanted to bring a voice to women and you know the STEM and esports field so that's why we started streaming on Twitch also and you probably hear my dog um, she's obsessed with rocks literally Um, (laughs) she has a new rock every day um, from outside and so she brings them in and it's like I mean i I, it's hilarious so I have a cat that really likes to be a part of the podcast as well so your dog is in good company Mm -hmm. but the noises she makes are not normal so (laughs) So let it be known. Those are dog noises. Those are not, dog noises. Not Dogs the sound do- of Kim and I being very interested. It is- <laughs> right. That is not the sound of me. That is my dog. She doesn't sound like a dog though. So it's really random.
1: <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about uh, where my girl's at. When did you start doing this advocacy to get more girls interested in technology? You know the where my girls that started out um I was a part of the TED-Ed innovator cohort
2: three and so where we came together came to the TED headquarters this is I don't know five years ago I think or four years ago I can't remember I think it's four years ago but anywho we came together and awesome. um, we wanted to know about our passions and of course my passion was Getting more girls involved in STEM and computer science fields. And so one of my coworkers actually thought of the title where my girls at. So I always told her, I well, I of my old coworkers. Um, I always told her, well, if I become famous with this, I guess I gotta pay you royalties because she <laughs> out of this. But I was like, I need a catchy title. And you know, and she's like, Where my girl's at? And I was like, oh my goodness. And so it has carried me from now, from then until now, but with the advocacy work, that was, you know, my platform and my passion. And I got to like study and um, meet Rashma from Girls Who Code, the CEO, of Girls Who Code, and founder of C. Um, and so she was my, like my, I guess, mentor.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: wow. So they were like, they told me, they were like, hey, Kim, we have a surprise for you. Um, when you come to New York at the tech headquarters, and like like what? what's a surprise and so she was in a room and they brought me in and I mean I wish somebody had recorded it like I just went bananas oh that was the craziest thing ever and so she sat down and like just gave us conversations we all went to dinner and this fun she is amazing like one of the best mentors ever so that's how it came about but you know my passion was all a uh, any time about um, where my girl's at, but that's how the, the
1: name that is broken English came about. <laughs> <laughs> and you just kept that passion going. What are you excited about for the future of your program, as well as where we might see some gains in diversity and inclusion in technology? Well, I think
2: regardless of whatever your political preferences are, I don't get into that, but just to see someone a woman that is a, you know, vice president elect. And to see that, I think the real testament of where we're going, because we've been, I think it's a cliche now to say that there are a lack of women in STEM and CS fields. We say that all the time and it still hasn't been where it's changing, like going up one percentage at a time. So I'm very hopeful now, like the all women cabinet, that's, you know, going to be the future. I think, yeah, I think. (laughs) That is just a milestone that, you know, no matter what your political preferences are, that's just a milestone if you are for women being, you know, moved up in C-level positions.
1: Right, and C-level positions means um, oh yeah, but the corporate office, right? They're yeah, good.
2: like cabinet level, like you know your executives, CEOs, you know, vice presidents, you know, those things. That's where I hear a lot, especially in the corporate area of talking and in speaking.
0: I saw a graphic on Instagram yesterday that was like a letter board that said "Deck the halls with female leaders." Come a la 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 la. And I have been like skipping around the house singing that. (laughs) Are (laughs) you serious? I'll have to send it to you. Yes, it was great. Send
2: that to me. (laughs) That is hilarious. Like, my favorite quote now is I eat no for breakfast. And I've been saying (laughs) it, and people are like, why are you saying that? Like, what? So, it was an interview that Kamala did a while back. And, you know, she was talking about the barriers that women, have in any type of, you know, leadership level. And she said, you know, my advice is tell them to eat no for breakfast. It's a healthy, I don't want to quote it all, but I know she said, I know eat yeah, you no know, for breakfast, but she was like, it's, a, it's healthy. It's a healthy meal that you should do every day. And I was just like, oh my goodness, that was just so powerful.
0: Oh, and it it feels like, although there are barriers for women everywhere in these C-level positions, it it does feel like specifically in STEM, in engineering that the barriers are, they start lower, they're more difficult to get through. The percentage of women, specifically women of color in STEM and engineering jobs in those fields seems so low. Mm -hmm. Is that what kind of woke that passion project up for you of wanting to get women more
2: involved? Well, you know, and because I always have a similar story that I tell about when I was in undergrad, um, I had a professor tell me, you know, I don't think, you know, that, technology is for the path that you should take. Um, oh, for women. And so, you know, I just, that really, you know, of course stuck with me, but it made me want to prove a wrong. And of course I have, but that right there in itself is, is what made me want to pursue that and assist, you know, young ladies with the opportunities. I think we always say, and you know, I always used to hear that, you know, there's a lack, there's a lack, there's a lack of everywhere. We hear that all the time, but what opportunities are being presented to these young ladies to make sure that they make the choice, you know? And then just the, the status of STEM, I think it's so much broader now. Like, you know, you hear about, I didn't even know like about the game design and like the background of game design and so many things that are, goes with that. Like, it's just phenomenal to hear. I'm um, a lot of the people that are in esports that you know never even majored in it or even thought of it
1: yeah i know esports is amazing
0: can we just get a collective universal boo for anyone who Mm -hmm. mutters the sentence i don't think technology is for you like can all of our listeners just join us in a boo (laughs) it's just not we should eliminate that sentence don't ever tell a student, I don't think this is for you. Like, I I don't care if they want to live underwater. Like <laughs> if you tell them they can't do it, they're definitely never going to do it. That just makes me so angry to hear that. And I love that now you're like, oh, did you say that?
2: Oh, bummer. You're,
0: right. <laughs> I'm extra awesome now. So I hope
2: that that person is listening. Me too. I always say that because it's so funny because I'm like, I wonder does she even remember that? You know how some people say, I don't even say that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even remember saying that. You know, I, I wonder, because and the whole thing of me saying that's because we have to be very mindful of what we tell our students, regardless of what we think and our biases are. We have to be really, really cautious of that. You know, and and I heard a student say this at ISTE, I think it was ISTE 2018, I think. And it might have been 17, but um, there was a young lady, um, Jenny McGrear. Brought like a couple of students on stage to give their perspective. And one of the students said, You know, what I want to tell teachers, you know, stop telling us that we can't. And she's like, If I want to be an astronaut, if I couldn't tell you I want to be an astronaut, she said, Well, give me some resources on how to become an astronaut. Like, don't say, honey, that's far fetched. I don't think you'll ever go to the moon. Because we have to be mindful of that. Because, you know, kids are really surprising us this day and age. They are becoming vice presidents, (laughs) (laughs) you
1: know? And I, I really love your approach. You seem to, I, I when I got to talk to you about your teacher leadership, you really seem to take student perspective and voice and, you know, you centered your work around the students. And I thought that was so important. Thank you. You know, I don't, I don't think,
2: I don't always get it right. I don't think everybody, you know, has their certain things, especially in regards to leadership. But I just try to look at it as what I would want to happen as a student, you know, put yourself in their shoes, you know.
0: I totally agree. And I was really, I saw your bio on the Visti page because you are the keynote speaker at Visti yeah, this year. I can't
2: believe it. It's, I can. <laughs> it's so It's so I, great. I just can't believe it. Like, I was like, I can't believe that I'm actually going to be one of the keynote speakers. How awesome is that? Oh, and in in your
0: bio, it says that you coach teachers in computer science, diversity and inclusion, blended learning strategies, and project-based learning. That is a very impressive list. So do those things all go together? Do people see you for, do they sign up for a project-based learning appointment? And then if you happen to get to blended learning, then that's extra or do they all kind of go together for you?
2: No, um, those are I would say like there are some different um spans of my career, mm-hmm. and so I for the last past five and a half six years I worked in a STEM school district, and so in in terms of blended learning I also was a part of the STEM innovation team, and so the way we implemented STEM was through PBLs, which is project based learning or problem problem based learning, however you want to call it. And so that's how the teachers taught their lessons, which which was through PBLs. And so that's where that piece comes into play. But the blended learning um, and diversity and inclusion, of course, diversity um, and inclusion is my platform that I want to make sure that, you know, everybody's vo- voice is heard. But, you know, in regards to blended learning, that's something that I think is one in itself. And it really hasn't. What didn't take off until the pandemic? Mm-hmm. I mean, because I always said, you know, I'm not doing blended learning, I'm doing digital learning. And now, you know, blended learning is really important. And now, you know, teachers saw that, hey,
1: I really need to pay attention to you. I felt I had that same experience.
2: I <laughs> think all of us in EdTech had all of those uh, same experiences. Yep. Yep, for sure. They're like, yeah, now i listen to you. Yay. <laughs> Do you think
0: that's going to stick? Do you think that P- think changes are going to be permanent or it's, if and when schools funny. return to whatever normalcy that everybody's going to kind of be like, okay, sit down now?
2: That's funny. I've had this conversation with quite a few people. You know, I don't think it's hard for me to say in the back of my mind, I know that it's it has to change. It has to not go back to what it was because now education has forever changed, and, you know, for uh, what centuries, well not centuries, but hundreds of years, we've taught brick and mortar and now people are teaching fully virtually online, which is something totally different. So I think just the way of teachers thinking in their um, thought process with education is going to change, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if if leaders, some leaders are ready to take that full leap. I don't know.
1: So the other thing I wanted to ask you about is saw a tweet re- recently that you are a master Lego educator. What is that? Can I be one? Who can that's, be one?
2: I, that's very cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the
2: master educator, well, Lego educator, that, that's something that you can actually apply to do. But the reason why um, I applied is because in my former district, we used a lot of um, uh, Lego equipment. Of course, I mean, everybody loves Legos per se, the ones without the technology, but the robotics piece is what was embedded in a lot of our um, middle school projects. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you can, anyone can become, if you have, you know, a, a expertise in sharing with other educators about the Lego products and if what you're using and being innovative, you know, anybody can apply. Um, Each year they choose um, uh, Lego educators and so then they come out and do like a press release and it's really cool and I love it because of what Lego education stands for in regards to building confidence and that's what they, you know, strive on. It's building confidence within students to be able to imagine, to be able to invent And, you know, they're really focusing on the STEAM and STEM aspect of, you know, just integrating it into an entire class. And Lego is, you know, a household name like Walmart. You know, I think all kids have seen the blocks and all kids have, you know, participated with the Legos, but there's another side of it. There's another tech piece with robotics and all types of things that you can think
1: of. Very cool. Well, you touched briefly on this, but next week... And hopefully, I'll get this episode out on time. Is uh, <laughs> Hour of Code? Even if I don't, you still should do Hour of Code no matter what week it is. But yes, what does Hour of Code mean to you? I know you said you recorded a video. You're going to be doing anything during uh, that week?
2: Yeah. So not this week because not next week. Um, in regards to like doing the STEM um, expo, STEM expos, and those sorts of, sorts of things, because of course, due to COVID. I am going to do a live panel tomorrow to kick it off, but what hour of code means to me is about awareness. That's the most important thing I want everybody to realize like with hour of code. um, it was started, you know, to just get the awareness out that anyone can learn how to code. And so also it was it's Grace Hopper's birthday, so in remembrance of her, her birthday is that week. and so. When we think about RF code, I always hear some people say, well, I, you know, everybody's not going to be a computer scientist. Well, it's not that. It's the way that your brain, that students' brains are are triggered in a way to make them learn differently. And, you know, that that's where you want to focus on, you know, the logical thinking, the critical thinking. That's where, you know, we have those five C's and we think about those. But it's just being able to hone in on, on another language, which is coding but it's not just about, you know, drag and dropping or, you know, you see the people, people always think about coding and they see those people hacking into people's computers, but it's so many (laughs) other things that you can think of. And it's just about awareness. I always compare it to like red ribbon week. You know, everybody does red ribbon week. We always do awareness for drugs. They know the drugs, you know, kids have cool, you know, costumes and they're stomping out drugs. And so I always think of it as that, but it's with our code. So it's an awareness parents for students for stakeholders everyone to make sure that they're aware and just try it out
1: absolutely so I love
0: that idea
2: it's like a marketing project for
0: code <laughs> for coding I
1: you know right yeah it is
0: we need t-shirts I think
2: <laughs> like matching t-shirts yeah. oh my goodness right like I <laughs> like I-, <laughs> I just love how the kids get involved with um you know the hour code I mean it's just phenomenal to see that
1: yeah, and it's really grown too, which is, it's good. It's, you know, it it has served a purpose to elevate mm-hmm. computer science education in a way that it was not being talked about before in K-12 mm-hmm. education. So mm-hmm. that and knowing awesome.
0: that people are paying extra attention to computer science and to digital learning techniques and practices this year, maybe it's going to be even bigger and better than ever with more student ownership and leadership. That's an exciting
1: thing to think about. I
2: hope so. I hope so. Most Definitely.
1: Well, we are gonna have a ton of resources on the page with your podcast. <laughs> so just wanna let, let you, listeners know that all these things we're talking about, there will be links to it on the resource page. Kim, is there anything else you'd like to close with? No, hopefully um to all of your listeners that you've gained something from my
2: um talk and I just didn't just go on and on forever. Hopefully everyone um just learned something and I, and I, I love podcasts. So just to hear different perspectives and voices is, is something that I, I love personally. Yeah.
0: I agree. And if you want to hear more from Kimberly Clark Lane, which we know you all will. She, You have a great Twitter page as well. So you can follow her on Twitter. We have her Twitter page linked. We pretty much stalk you on the internet. So we'll have lots of links (laughs) where people can find you to to keep learning about all of the amazing projects that you're involved in.
2: Definitely stalk me. Say, hey, you know, just say, (laughs) hey, I'm always on there. People, I've seen people say, I see you tweeting at two, three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, sometimes, not times out of 10, those are like my like automatic ones, but I am on there a lot though. I just love <laughs> Twitter. I love Twitter than any other social media
1: platform, honestly. Yeah, and it's so, and that's that's, you, that's you and me where Sarah yeah. is. Uh, yeah. are, are, are you converted a little bit, Sarah?
0: I find Twitter really hard. I am a picture person. I, I do either picture or, picture or long form and anything in between is really challenging, but I'm trying because there are so many cool people on Twitter. So you like,
2: so which social media platform do you like?
0: I use Instagram a lot and I have a blog that I've run for a long time now. And so I tend to start things on Instagram and then go kind of more long form with it on my blog. But I try try to get as much on Twitter as I can. Twitter just moves so fast. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, it does. You can't, there was a time when I I started really early and I felt like I was was keeping up. And then at some time it just was like, I can't read everything. And that was, you really have to just make peace with that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Have have a little bit of a hard time with that. I get some Twitter FOMO. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Kim, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Good luck on your new endeavor with ClassLink. And of course- We'll be looking for your girl empowerment and CS uh, movement and hope, hopefully we can catch up again sometime.
2: Yeah. Thank you.
1: Well, until next time. Tech, love, and happy.